It's all good. Great to be back in the house. And uh, it kind of just feels so weird, doesn't it, how quick it all goes. You know, it's like you look forward, the build up for Christmas, and Christmas is here, then Christmas is gone. Then it's New Year, Happy New Year, and then it's all back into again. It all starts again. But it all starts in the way you start it. You're in control of what you do. You know, it's, uh, you've got to understand you've only got one life. As one person said, there are no reruns. So every hour, every minute counts to what you do. You know, sometimes we just go, oh, yeah, we just around do nothing and think things are going to happen. And suddenly time gets away. And before you know it, you've aged a bit, haven't they? I'm thinking of Annie right now, just aged a little bit. She's turned 50. <laughs> Happy birthday, Annie. <laughs> and it kind of feels weird because it goes so quick and it just becomes a number, doesn't it? It's not what you feel like on the inside. You ever notice that? It's, yeah. Isn't that right, Stephen? Stephen's just got a bit older and he still feels like he's 21 on the inside. So it's all good. But time does get away from us, but we've got to take it, seize the moment. We've got to take advantage of the moment. Miles Monroe says, Our life is a sum total of all the decisions we make every day. And those decisions are determined by our priorities. You know, as we reflect on 2022, there are probably a lot of things that you never completed or started. Is anyone like that? Last year, you said, right, this year, it's a new year for me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then all suddenly uh, comes to 2023, go, oh, gee, what did I actually accomplish? I didn't get to do too much, did I? But some of you may have, and that's good on you. You know, for some of us, it's just the simple things that everybody does. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to do these things. And some of us uh, do the opposite. We don't get fit. We put on weight. <laughs> and, and then we go, oh, you know. This can become a habit or this can become a pattern which brings us to a place of, of giving up. And God doesn't want you to ever give up. You never give up. You know, I so said you're never a loser until you, you stop getting up. Well, you're still getting up, you're a winner. You've got to stop, you know, you've got to keep moving wherever you go. Your God has uh, not only put goals in us, but he wants us to achieve those goals. It's fine when you, how many times I hear people say to me, oh, you know, I feel God saying this to me this year, I'm going to do this. And I go, well, that's great. And by the end of the year, they haven't done anything with it. And I go, you just need to do something. Just, you know, like the Nike thing says, just do it. And I, and I think sometimes we just got to do that rather than just procrastinate and go, oh, yeah, or wait for a moment. Oh, God will show me a sign, you know. And uh, sometimes people like that, waiting for a sign out of heaven. And then I know it's the right time. <laughs> well, God is giving you the word that's the right time. And you just got to activate that. But the problem is we, when things don't go away, we kind of lose confidence. We lose. One of the greatest things that we have is a lack of confidence, there's a lot of people here with abilities and skills and uh, all sorts of things, but it's the lack of confidence that puts it into action. It's like we can have the car, but with no fuel, it doesn't go anywhere. We need that fuel. We need that confidence. You know, your destiny lies in front of you, not behind you. Stop looking back at what didn't happen and look forward to the possibilities of what can happen. I tell you, incredible things can happen. I always think of the story of T Thomas Edison with a light bulb. You know, as an inventor, Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. 
Now, how would you feel after that a thousand times? I mean, some of us wouldn't even have got to a thousand. We'd probably done a five and get impatient and say, oh, that's it. It's not going to work. Are you like that? A thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. But when a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? Well, you'd feel like punching him out, wouldn't you? <laughs> but he didn't go there. He didn't sort of go like that. This is Thomas Edison's reply. He said, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention which took 1,000 steps. See, how you view things is how the outcomes come about. You've got to view things with a positive attitude. Go, okay, it didn't work this time, but it's going to work. I know we might know it. You know, when God speaks to you and gives you a word, you go, I know it's going to happen. As Sharon said earlier, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not my job to work out how it's going to, but I've just got to believe and do that thing. So I want to take you this morning to a passage out of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 31 right through to 39, and I'll be concentrating on verse 35, but let's just read it in context anyway. So if you've got your Bibles with you, Hebrews 10, 31. It says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but call to mind the former days in which have been enlightened to you endured much conflict of sufferings. Indeed, being exposed both to reproaches and to afflictions, and having both partners of those so living. For also you have suffered together in my bonds, and you accepted the seizure of your possessions with joy, knowing yourselves to have a better and abiding possession in heaven. Then do not throw away your confidence, which is a great, has a great reward. For you have need of patience, that having done the will of God, you may obtain the promise. For yet a very little while, and the one coming will come, and will not delay. But the just shall live by faith, and if he draws back, my soul is not pleased in him. But we are not of those withdrawn to destruction, but of faith to the preservation of the soul. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning, God, that it is in your word, in your truth, that God, we gain confidence and boldness to step forward and step out. God, for that is the zone that you want us in, because that's, that's the place of faith where you operate. And God, as we walk this year in 2023 into a place of faith, I pray, oh God, that we know that we are not walking alone, that we are guided by your Holy Spirit. And we'd ask God that you just remind us of that, that it's not by our own strength, but it's by yours. And God, I just thank you for the opportunities that are going to arise this year, for the lives that are going to be transformed, the lives that are going to be changed in this place. We give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Well, we've started a series called Preston Ford, and I want to title this Preston Ford in confidence because we need confidence. Some of you are naturally confident. You know, don't you find those people that are naturally confident annoying sometimes? Where do you get so much confidence? You know, they can be annoying. <laughs> and, and then there's some of us that just go, no, 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 no. But you know what? We all have the ability to do certain things, but sometimes we just pull back too much. And we don't step out into a new area. People like to be in the comfort zone. Has everyone got the comfort zone? Like, don't push me that far. No, 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 it's just too uncomfortable for me. I haven't got the confidence to go there. But I've got the ability, but you haven't got the confidence. And once you get the confidence, you'll find that you, start, you move forward into a whole new level. And God takes you on levels. God will move you up the ladder. God will take you places. See, in this whole passage of Hebrews here, this is addressed in the early Christians, They'd gone through some sufferings, they'd gone through some trouble, they'd gone through all these things, and they could start to lose their confidence. This verse, you know, we are encouraged, therefore, not to throw away our confidence in Christ, which has a great and lasting reward. We're called to grab hold of confidence, confidence in ourselves and confidence in God. 
Hebrews 10.35 says, Then do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Your confidence has a great reward. Your confidence in Him, but I want to talk firstly about confidence in yourself, because if you don't have confidence in yourself, you probably won't have confidence in God either, because you'll just give up on everything. So when do we lose our confidence? When we doubt ourselves. How many times do you doubt yourselves? When you have total ability... I've seen it so many times over the years where a person is totally capable of doing something, but they have no confidence to do it. And it's like a block. But give it a go. Give it a try. Years ago, um, in the 1980s, uh, the church was at the time, I was an aerobics instructor. Can you believe that? Everyone's got funny looks at me now, going, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I ran this group for about two years. I had about 60 girls in the class you know, take it over, two, three, and all that stuff. And, uh, but I realized there was somebody there that could do it better than me, and I was looking to get out of it anyway. And, uh, and I said to this girl, I said, man, you know, I reckon you could do a better job. And she said, oh, nah, can't do it. No, nah, there's no way, no way. How many times we hear that? No way. And I said, no, 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 I've seen you. You're, you're, you're better than me. I said, that's, that's, that's just like show, show off time. You're just, you're, you're doing the thing. She said, do you think so? And I said, yes, I think so. I think you could do this. Anyway, cut a long story short, just that little push of confidence, that little words of affirmation, she went off to a course like I did and learned how to be an instructor, and she took over the class. You see, there's somebody in this room right now is in that position right now. You just won't take that next step. You've got to take another step of confidence to reach into that which God has called you to. Throwing away our confidence, we lose our confidence when we compare ourselves to others. Who does that? Anyone? No? Just me? Okay. <laughs> we lose our confidence when we can't do it like them. I said, well, you were never called to do it like them. You were called to do it like you. God calls you to be you, not to be somebody else, because you are unique. We have a culture where everybody wants to copy everybody else, because they don't have confidence in who they, they are. They see this person on on, uh, we always joke around, the YouTube, and, uh, <laughs> and we, we think, oh, I've got it all happening. If only I was like them. If only I did only, only, only. I forget the only. You are who you are for a reason. You've been made that way, and God wants you to be different. God doesn't want you to be the same. Imagine if we're all the same. We all came here dressed in the same clothes, spoke the same words. It's pretty boring. <laughs> It'd be pretty much that way. So God loves colour. God loves excitement. If you don't notice, just look at his world. It's full of color. He doesn't want the same, same. Uh, he wants something different. We lose our confidence sometimes when it looks too hard. Have you gone like that? It looks too hard. Looks can be deceiving. Looks can be the thing that changes you in that moment. You've got to go in with a positive attitude. I will, I can. See, if you determine, predetermine what you're going to do, it will give you more an opportunity to launch and do what you want to do. But rather, if you just go, oh, it looks too hard, it's going to require effort, you're already deflating yourself. I found this years ago when I used to go running around. The, I used to live up at Athelstone, it was very hilly. And I used to go for a run, and I'm okay on the flat. You know, it's on the flat, it's not too bad, it's good. Then comes the mountain, then comes the hill. And you're going, oh, it looks too hard. <laughs> oh, who's going to see me? I'm out here running on my own. I've got no one to impress. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll just walk up there. But no, there's something in me that says, no, chicken. 
<laughs> and I have the self-talk, don't call me chicken. You call me chicken? <laughs> and so I go, right, now I'm going to prove it. I'm not going to jog up that hill. I'm going to sprint up that hill. And I would. I would just go for it. I mean, I feel physically sick at the end of it, but I would just charge up this hill because I'm not going to be told, be overridden by fears, thoughts, lack of confidence. I'm going to prove myself wrong. And sometimes we've got to do that. We, we're more capable of doing what you, more things than what you think you are. It's just you not push yourself. I used to like watching that show, The Biggest Loser, for that reason, because they come in and, and, and want to change, and if they stuck to the program, you see them at the end, uh, they've lost weight, they are so fit, and they're so happy because they've been able to change. See, we can all do that. But when they come in, they go, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. And sometimes it feels like that, but you keep persisting at it. Keep pushing at it. Ashley ran a class, uh, a fitness class, a few years ago, and, of course, you forget, if you haven't done like workouts for a long time, you just rely on your memory that you used to be fit. And you forget. And, <laughs> and so I'm going along going, yeah, this would be easy. Yeah, no worries. Well, what's the first thing? She goes, there's a tractor tire there. Start flipping that, okay? Oh, yeah, easy. Flip, 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 flip. Flip, flip. <laughs> and I was out of flip. This is hard. But the thing is, if you keep persisting on the flip, you will flip. <laughs> you will change and you'll get through it all. Things look so hard. Sir Edmund Hillary was once asked, how on earth did you conquer Mount Everest? Look at it, it's massive. How on earth did you get to the top of that? You must have just had your doubts, you know, it's cold, hard work, climbing, you know, none of your luxuries while you're climbing up the mountain. And, uh, you know, it must have been just too much. He said, no, it wasn't too much. He says, I just looked at one step at a time. The next step, the next step, the next step. And see, when we look at the next step, we will eventually arrive at our destination. But sometimes we look at the mountain, we just lose confidence. It's too big. It's too big. So we've got to push out in confidence, knowing that we can do and we can move there. Sometimes when we stop believing in ourselves, like, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, sometimes that's down to even your family of origin, your parents... And we said parents like that said, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do it. You know, those words can cut through you. Those words can stay with you and affect you accomplishing what God wants you to do now. I'm telling you today, God wants to break that off you. God wants to break you off. You know, I've had those words, not from my parents. You know, my parents kind of pretty laid back, let me do anything I want. I didn't even know where I was half the time. But, <laughs> but teachers, different matter. I had teachers that used to pick on me. I don't know why. Uh, well, I do know why, but. <laughs> but, but those words stuck with me for a long time when um, I was only sharing a story the other day uh, in grade seven, like we had an assignment to do, you know, you had, these, you had to write a story on the book you read, and, and I was never one to read much, so I never used to read the whole book anyway. What I used to read was what the author said about the book, a couple pages in on the back, ask people what's the book about, and then I write a story got through. And, uh, <laughs> but the thing was, one day, uh, the, the teacher was collecting all the, all the books and putting them all together. And uh, she said, look, I've marked all the books, so I just want to uh, call a few people out. And uh, I'll just make names up because I can't remember who was in my class now so long ago. You know Renee, come forward. Renee's done an outstanding job. Look at this. She's done an amazing job on this story, how she explained this, brought illustrator, fantastic, loved it, awesome. And uh, then there was somebody else. Mary, come out here. And, 
And then it got to me. I, I didn't think she was going to call me out. Like, no, I'm never called out unless it's the headmaster's office. But um, she said, Ian, I want you to stand up and come out. And I go, this is my moment of fame. This is it. I've made it. I've made it because I've never done this before. I've made it. And she lifts up my book and shows the class. She goes, class, take note. This is the most messiest writing I've ever seen in my life. And I just shrunk. And that confidence just left me and I got angry. I was so... And but those things can stick with you. You know, that's just an illustration of one thing. But there's things in your life that's also happened. And it'll be st- sticking with you now. It's stopping you going to the next step because you see the mountain too big. You've lost your confidence to climb. You've lost your confidence to get higher. But God is saying today that's going to be broken off you. We sometimes lose our confidence when we fail. Failing is okay. Failing is part of the journey of learning. If you don't fail, you'll never learn because you go, oh, that didn't work out. Now I know. And of course, young ones always think, sometimes some of the young ones think, uh, I know how to do this, and they've never done it before. I can do it better than you. And you let them do it, and then they go, perhaps I can't do it better than you. <laughs> I'll show you how. You know, sometimes we have to show each other. Um, when we fail, we're actually in a learning process. You know, because I've done lots of things one way, and it's not worked out, and someone's come along and said, hey, have you tried it this way? I go, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's how we learn. So it's okay to fail. So you, remember, if you fail, you're not a failure. A failure, you're, you are learning. You're only a failure if you stay down and don't ever do anything ever again. Ultimately, uh, of course, we lose confidence when we lose sight of God because it's God who ultimately gives us this confidence. You know, we need to have that confidence. The confidence that Paul speaks of in Philippians 4.13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul has seen the work of God, seen the hand of God move many times, and he's speaking from a position of confidence in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when I understood that from Paul, when I started preaching years ago, that's the first verse I used to speak to myself, because the first time I was ever invited up to preach, I'd never preached in my life. The pastor at the time had taken off to Sydney and just said, oh, by the way, you're preaching on Sunday. I said, well, I've never done it in my life. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? It just left me. And so I was kind of like, really? Ugh. You know, it was, it was kind of very uncomfortable. And because um, I remember the pulpit that day, it was a wooden one. It was almost falling apart by the time I'd finished because I was shaking it so much like this. <laughs> and uh, everyone said afterwards, I love your message, but just you know, watch the pulpit. It's going to fall apart. Um, but, you know, I just quote that scripture. I remember one time going, oh, I can't do this. This is just too hard. I, you know, what if it doesn't work? And, you know, what are the people going to think? Because I've never done this before. And I just remember God quoting that scripture to me. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, Ian, it's not in you, it's in him. And I go, right. And suddenly I've just got this confidence you see, there's moments in time where you need to go to the place in Christ. I can do all things. You need to stand up and just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. See, no one was born to be a failure. God made you to succeed. Obstacles can get in your way, sure, but obstacles can't stop you. Problems can't stop you. Most of all, other people can't stop you. Only you can stop you because you make that decision. That's Jeffrey... Gittimer said, that wasn't me. (laughs) Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off the goal. You need to have that confidence. Theodore Roosevelt said, believe you can and you're halfway there. 
See, a lot of the time it's the belief that you can. You've got to say, I can, I can. You know, you, uh, Paul says in the Bible, I beat my body in submission. He's telling me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to shut down every other thought. I'm going to beat my body in submission. You will do this. And sometimes we've got to do that. In the gym, I like to, hey, anyone, who goes to the gym? Anyone go to the gym? No? Yeah? Yeah. You know, there's those moments where you're doing the repetitions. You go, right, I need to increase the weight. It's getting too easy. And then also you go, now it's getting too hard. And <laughs> it's like, decrease. But you don't want to do that. And then you go, oh, perhaps I'll just do one set today, <laughs> you know, you start lining it off. You can't do that, but you go, no, I'm going to do this. See, I'm the opposite. If I start hearing myself saying that, oh, I'm not going to, you know, count to 10, 10 reps or 12, and if I'm on 11, go, oh, sorry, I'm 8 or something, go, I'm not going to do the 10. I don't need to today. I'll make up for it next time, because we can be full of excuses. If I hear myself saying that, I have the self-talk. I said, no, now you're going to do 15. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> people, people look at me and think, who's this crazy guy having a conversation with himself? Uh, but it's because you set your mindset right. You've got to get your mindset right. If, you're, if you believe it, you're halfway there, as Theodore Roosevelt says. Another, another quote from Rachel Watchin says, you sometimes lose by taking risks. See, taking risks, you've got to take risks sometimes, but you always lose by holding back. Yeah, you sometimes lose by taking risks, but you always lose if you hold back. How many people have never, ever uh, started the journey of what God has called them to because they're worried of failure? They're worried of, you know, of taking risks. What if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't happen? Well, then they look back in their life and go, I didn't do anything. And I've lost everything. Everything I could have done, everything I could have put my hand to is now gone in that opportunity. Church life in itself is a risk. From the time we set off in this church of a small group of 30 people meeting in a home to a kindergarten to a uh, community hall to here, it's all risk. It's all risk. But it's calculated risk in God because God gave us a word. And if God gives you a word, you, you believe it and you, you don't know how it's going to happen. We've got no idea how this came, came about in the sense of the supernatural funding of it all and that. We just believe God and, and God does those things. And that's why it's important it's that we have confidence in God. Do not throw away your confidence, which is great reward. This context of this verse is really about your confidence in God. Where do you stand before God today? Do you have confidence in Him? What He said to you, do you believe is going to happen? Because it requires you to do something. You know, people will, I remember one pastor saying, you know, he used to go, oh, you know, people say to this pastor, hey, I love your message this morning. It was great, you know, awesome. You did a great job. And he goes, no, no, it wasn't me. It was all him, all him, all God. It was all. And he said, God spoke to him and said, no, it wasn't all me. I need you to deliver the message. I need you to do things. And he said, oh, stop thinking like that. It's all you because God needs you because you are his spokesperson. You are his vessel that he works through. So we need to have confidence in God that he will work through us. You know, we've got to make sure we don't lose sight of the bigger picture because God has plans for each one of you. You know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, it says. You ever think about it? You look in the mirror and go, gee, I can see what God means, yeah. <laughs> My daughter says, stop looking in the mirror, Dad. <laughs> no, I'm just look, trying to get an understanding of this verse. Uh, <laughs> But we need to have patience in that. Sometimes we want things to happen now. It's like, God, give me the confidence now. God takes you through things. He builds character, endurance in you, all these things he's got to do. 
You know, it's like an apprenticeship. You know, some people don't want to do the apprenticeship. They want to be the qualified person from day one. I remember working in a youth hostel years ago, and <laughs> I remember this funny conversation with this young lad. He was uh, 16. He got a job, uh, which is good, because most of them weren't working, weren't interested in work. And I said, good on you for getting a job. Phone call comes through, it's his brother, and he's talking to the, the guy on the phone, his brother, and he says, oh, yeah, yeah, got, got my job, yeah, whatever, yeah. and he goes, oh, and his brother's obviously asking, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm washing trucks, I'm cleaning the trucks and all that. And uh, he goes, yeah, I don't know what he said from there, but he goes, yeah, I'm washing trucks, but, you know, I reckon by the end of the week, oh, I'll have a company car, and uh, I can see myself owning this business. I go, gee, <laughs> where well, someone needs to give me a re- reality pill, I think, and uh, a check there, because uh, you need to have patience. You've got to work through things. You know, like even church life, I didn't just suddenly go, oh, I want to be a pastor. Okay, off you go. I didn't actually want to be a pastor. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> but that's what God does. He surprises you. But you start at lower levels. I started serving in the house of God, and I became a youth leader for many years, and it just all worked out from there. But it's patience. Patience is waiting on God's timing, not yours. We all live in the fast food McDonald's drive-through window sort of culture where we expect everything straight away, don't we? We're just like, oh, patience. No, I haven't got patience. I want it now. But God said, no, patience. I'm doing a work on you. Right now, I need to get you through some stuff before I take you to the next level. He can't take you to the next step until he's got you through the basics. You know, some people go, oh, I want deeper teaching. I said, well, you haven't even done the basic teaching yet. So don't go deeper until you've got the basics. When did you last speak to someone about your testimony? Oh, I've never done that. Oh, but I want to go to Bible college and learn theology and all that. Well, that's fine. But I said, start with the basics. Work up to that, okay? You know, God will give you patience on things. I remember years ago in a meeting uh, in the 80s, we had uh, John Wimber. I don't know if anyone remember John Wimber of Vineyard Ministries. He had a healing ministry around the world. He came to Australia from America, and he was in Melbourne, and a team went off to see him. And I couldn't go, but they brought a team to Adelaide. And I thought, wow, this is cool. I'm going to go along to that. And we saw some amazing miracles happen, healings and things like that. But in this time, he said, look, I just want really just to soak in the presence of God. And as we did, it was just a simple guitar. Someone was playing music and we just listened. He said, just allow God to speak to you. And in this time, suddenly I saw this vision of myself speaking to an Asian congregation. It wasn't a massive one. It was like about 100 people. And I thought... Well, that's a bit weird. What would I be thinking there? You know, I'm not planning to go to Asia or anything like that. And uh, yet, shortly after, I was still really kind of going, what's happening here, God? Because it kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me. I said, do I need to just jump on a plane right now and go to Asia somewhere and just preach somewhere, do something? Because <laughs> that's what you feel like. And I remember talking to this pastor at the time. He says, no, no, no. He says, look, have patience. If it's a thing of God... Put it on the shelf. He will bring it forward when it's time. Sometimes he shows you to prepare you, but it doesn't mean you rush out and do it because I've heard many people do things like that, crazy things, and it falls apart. They get disappointed, and it's all over. Anyway, 15 years later, 15 years later, I'm invited to go to Singapore and, uh, on a, to help with this little mission thing, and uh, the pastor at the time said to me, look, I've just realized I've got to get back early because I've got a wedding to do. Can you preach in the church on Sunday? I went, Oh, I guess so. <laughs> and uh, didn't think anything about it. And we got taken to this church, and there was a small group of people. And I remember standing up there when I was introduced, and, and before I said the first word, 
God reminded me the same picture that I saw 15 years ago was these people. I go, oh my goodness, this is it. And uh, it was quite an incredible moment. But of course, God does things bigger than what you can ever imagine because I, I had a word after that when I shared this story with some. This guy goes, well, I just feel God saying right now it's going to get bigger than that. It's going to get bigger than that. And of course, as most of you know, we've been to Myanmar and uh, first time we went over in eight days, we spoke to 2,000 people. I went, whoa. <laughs> but God does things in a big way. But you remember, God is a big God, and he'll, he'll always equip you to meet those uh, things that he's called you to. But you also got to remember there's somebody that doesn't, wants to stop you in this. This is why you've got to listen to the right voices. The devil will speak through your best friend sometimes. Do you know that? Spoke through Peter. And he can speak through anyone just to, just, to like, bring that doubt, that lack of confidence into you. You know, I've had that many times where people said, no, you'll never do that. You'll never amount to that. You'll never complete that. I've learned to go, God, this is not your voice, so I'm going to ignore it. And you need to recognize that voice and go, now I'm not listening to that voice. Go away, devil, flee. It says, for the devil will flee. For he, it says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sensible and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So he's out looking to try and pull you down, destroy and uh, break the things that God has called for you. But we're reminded in 2 Corinthians 4.18 to keep our focus on the things of God. For it says, while we look not to all things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are internal. We've got to get our focus right. If we get our focus right, the direction we travel will be right. And I'll probably talk about that in a couple of weeks' time coming up. But let's get our eyes fixed upon that which matters, which is eternal. Fix our eyes upon God. Your confidence will come into hearing His voice. I'm telling you, when you start reading the Word of God and you, you, you start with a doubt and you go to the Word of God, because most of us will go to the Word of God when we, we've got some doubt and we're not sure we want direction, it's amazing how God speaks to you out of the Word of God. You go, oh my goodness, that's, that's like just spot on to where I am right now. Well, God knows. God knows. And suddenly gives you a confidence, doesn't it? It gives you a boldness. When your Father says you can do it, when your father says, you can, you're capable, I tell you, it changes everything. Some of us have not had good real dads or, or dads that have actually been complimentary. And we've always heard that we've heard nothing or we've heard bad stuff. And that's where you are. It's like as a child, you've got to train the child where it should go, it says in uh, Proverbs 22, verse 3. And quite often, we've we got to think like that. I mean, my kids... You know, teach them to ride a bike. You know, dads, you've done that. You're holding on to the seat at the back and, you know, running along <laughs> as they're doing it. And then one day you just let go while they're not looking. And they're all confident at first. And they look, ah, <laughs> dad's not there. And they crash. But you speak those words. That's okay. Get back up again. See, that's what God is saying to some of you this morning. You may have crashed, but get up again. Get back up on your feet. Get that confidence. Understand life in God is better than any other the rest, everything else is just a downgrade in comparison. You need to know the best in, in God is the best life you could have. And then it finishes in this passage in uh, Hebrews 10.35, then do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. There is a great reward. There is a great reward. Confidence in the prize. To receive the prize, we need to press forward in confidence. We need to have faith. We need to have humility, commitment, 
Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. We need diligence, perseverance. We need to align with God's will. We need motivation. Motivation is one of the biggest killers as well. If you, lack, if you don't like confidence, sometimes you lack motivation. If you can get confidence and motivation happening together, you're going to move. We need to understand there is a call. So we need to be motivated. You need to make things work. But God works with you. He doesn't just say, do it all for you. Some of us can sit there and go, well, I know God's got to call my life. And I said, well, what are you doing about it? I'm just waiting. Someone's just waiting. I'm just waiting. What are you waiting for? He's giving you a call. That means take a step out of faith. Start moving the direction you feel that He's calling you, and He'll direct your path, it says. But when we stand still, when we sit still, nothing happens. Nothing changes until something changes. That means you may have to put out a few little feelers just to see if it's the right direction. But while you do that, God can direct you. Some of you could be like a boat with an anchor. You have not pulled the anchor up, so God can't move you. You need a rudder to direct you. God is your rudder. It's important that we live by that faith. Hebrews 10.38 says, But the just shall live by faith, and if he draws back, my soul is not pleasing him. But, do, but we are not of those withdrawn to destruction, but of faith to the perseverance of the soul. We are called to advance in confidence, boldness. The other word translation for the word uh, confidence is boldness, uh, which is translated in some versions. Boldness. Where's that boldness? Let that fire within you start. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. 2023 is going to be different. I'm determined. I'm going to get that confidence, that boldness that was once in me for some of you is going to come back again. The boldness that's stirring in with you is going to direct your path in the Word of God. You need to gain that boldness once again, that confidence. Otherwise, 2023 is going to turn into 2024 before you know it, and you go, nothing's changed. Nothing will change until something changes, and you are the agent of change. You are the one that makes it happen. You are the one that decides. Make a decision this day. That's why it says, decide this day who you shall follow. Decide who this day you worship. Make a decision. Every day is about a decision. If you cannot make a decision, nothing changes. But you've got to make a purpose decision to do that. For we are not those that shrink back. God's word, God is not happy with us shrinking back. Oh, I can't do it. I'm hopeless. I'll never amount to anything. It's, you're just getting further away from him. He says, oh, enter my courts with thanksgiving. Enter boldness. Enter before his throne. Come with confidence before him. He loves that when his kid comes in his doors with boldness, with confidence. He goes, that's my son. That's my daughter. I can do something with this. Your journey in 2023 starts with you making a decision to not look back, but to look forward with confidence, knowing God will never let you down. He will never forsake you nor leave you. He will never. That's His Word. That's a contract between you and Him. God makes words that are actually legal words. If you're in the legal side of things, you'll understand this is a legal contract that God, when He writes these words. So you can take Him on that. You can quote it back to him. He loves it when you quote it back to him. But God, your word says this. And he goes, it does indeed. Well done. That's faith in operation. But this morning, that whole confidence doesn't just happen by listening to a few words I've spoken this morning, but it works through a relationship with him. 
He's the one that fills you with that, that confidence, fills you with that life. For Jesus came to give us life, life in abundance. Not a little bit of life, life in abundance. And this morning, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity to experience that life, to experience that abundance, to walk with a whole new confidence, knowing it doesn't matter what's happening out in the world, my God is who He says He is, and that's what my eyes are focused on. Nothing will change. So I want to give you an opportunity right now. I just want you to close your eyes, bow your head. I just want to ask you this important question. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you made Jesus your Lord and Saviour? For He gives that offer to us all. For as many as receive Him, it says, He gives us the right to become children of God, all those that believe on His name, John 1.12. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, or perhaps you once made a decision for Him when you were younger, but you've walked away, or perhaps you just want to say, no, I need to make that declaration once again. Whatever situation, it doesn't matter, but it does matter saying yes to Jesus. If that's you here right now, I want to pray for you. I want to believe that God's going to uh, have an, touch you with an encounter of His self with you. <clears throat> if that's you in this place right now, if God's speaking to you, touching you right now, I just pray that you acknowledge that by the raising of your hands so I can see those hands. If God, amen. See those hands. See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, we're going to say what we call a sinner's prayer. That's inviting God into your life. Acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior. So let's all join in together with this little verse, this little prayer. Just follow after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour and invite you to come into my life. I thank you now. Amen.